0: Here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Podcasting Your Global Career. For those of you who are new to this space, my job is to uncover the best of the best. Authors, speakers, thought leaders, singer-songwriters from around the world, and present them to you. It's what we do. Doing, I'm doing good. Really good of you to be here. And uh, so uh, we just did some mastermind together. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah it was it's... really fun to get to know each other and get to hear more of what other people in the room were doing.
1: Yeah. So uh, tell me how it started for you as a podcaster. Podcasting was always um, a little bit odd when it first came out. Nobody really knew what it was, mm-hmm. you know?
2: So it sounds like you got in a little bit early. Yeah, I mean, early in some sense, because it's exploded so much in the last couple of years. uh, I think 2020 was a big year for podcasting. I remember the first podcast that I remember listening to was when I was in college, so probably like 2013. Um, I think it was my last year of college. And went to work for a nonprofit organization, and then after a couple of years, started my own marketing company. But really, like podcasting, I wasn't thinking about podcasting. I was thinking about video, like telling stories through video and telling stories through words. Uh, but I really wasn't thinking through audio. Uh, and so then a couple people had encouraged me and kind of, you know, we had talked about, oh, it would be cool to start a podcast telling other businesses' stories. And it was just kind of selfish for me. I wanted to tell these stories. I wasn't thinking about the greater business purpose of it. It wasn't, it didn't have that motive really at all. I wasn't thinking about getting business from it. And I just, I really loved it. I noticed I could record podcasts all day and be energized. And that's very different than like recording videos or different things like that. So that was really interesting. And then it started to have good business effects. And our clients started to say, hey, can you do more of this for us? And so that was really how I started paying more attention to it and realizing, well, wow, like this really boosts credibility and trust. And it's an amazing way to connect with an audience. And I realized all those things. And so then after kind of doing that, doing podcasting and some of our other services for about a year, I realized, man, I just need to focus on this. And this is this is really where where I come alive and where I feel even I would say since of calling, like this is the this is the medium that I really love. So that's kinda of how I got into it. Yeah. So uh,
1: storytelling is really podcasting 101 but you didn't even know at the time that you had all this stuff brewing inside of you right yeah like um so how did how did you get to be the storyteller like
2: something in your family
1: or something uh how yeah, did that I all begin know.
2: i think you know i mean i'm youngest of five and so my siblings have all told me that when i was young like at the, around the dinner table i'd always have something to say and then everybody else would be talking and finally it'd be my turn and then i'd forgotten what i wanted to say so maybe there was some pent up like man, I just, I, I need my own time. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Um, I always felt pretty comfortable connecting with people. That's always felt like a, a strength for me. Um, and then when I was 16, I actually started a nonprofit organization with some friends and we were kind of putting on these youth rallies and these youth community events. And again, now I look back and I see the words, I can describe it better. Yeah. But at the time we were thinking, how do we bring together all of these kids how do we put on these youth rallies and we realized we can't be doing a million things we have to tell one story yeah so let me stop you there 16
1: years old starting a nonprofit. i mean where did you even get the idea for that most 16 year olds are not concerned with such things yeah no
2: it was it was uh and i'm always transparent about this like my faith is something that's really important to me and um, I remember seeing a vision and seeing, and I'd never, I remember thinking like, God, you sent this vision to the wrong address. Like, are you <laughs> supposed to send this to some pastor or not some like depressed 16 year old? And so I, I remember seeing this vision and in the vision, I saw different, pla different venues around our town that were filled with, from a bunch of different backgrounds. And I could see that. Yeah, And it was, there was something about it where I felt a sense of responsibility. I felt like it was. Not just something that was supposed to be a cool idea, and so I remember I didn't tell a soul for about a month, and I just remember asking, saying, "Okay, you know, God, if if this is something I'm somehow supposed to do, then bring some confirmation."
1: Yeah. Uh, so all that fuel came from your brothers and sisters, like they you might know, have, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, for you to do that at such a young age, it's like uh, what a heart of a servant, you know, to abs-
2: you know go out and help somebody else. Yeah, it's- and it was really neat to see you know, see what happened. But then, you know, as we, me and my friends started doing these events, that was really where my passion for storytelling came because we realized if we have, you know, if we're trying to bring 500 young people into the same room and they're all from different backgrounds, like we have to find one, one story that everybody can say, yes, I want to come together around that. And so then we saw, wow, it's, it's really, really powerful when you can have a story that's relevant to people and, and you can actually change people. Yeah. And that was really powerful to see at a young age.
1: If you're just joining us, I'm James Kevin O'Connor for the Dharmic Evolution Podcast, and we are being joined with Seth Silvers, the podcasting genius. And tell us more about what you're doing now as far as you're in this space, you're helping with people with marketing, you're helping tell stories in a much bigger way than you did when you first started this venture. Yeah. So tell us how you're serving and who are your best clients for this?
2: Yeah. So right now, right now, our our whole focus, uh, would, we, we call ourselves a podcasting agency. And so we're really helping particularly business leaders build thriving podcasts. So that's going to come from, you know, kind of the planning and strategy, building a strategy for the podcast. We're going to help with production and then we're also going to help with marketing, making sure it's actually growing. So really kind of full service in the podcasting space. Um, uh, different clients. So some are utilizing all those services and some were just helping with some of those pieces. But we're really working with people that they are established in their business. They're not just starting out. Uh, They are not looking for a podcast to solve their sales problems. They are look, they know their audience. They know how they serve their audience. They know their business well, and they're looking to build a brand that takes them to the next level. And that's really where I see podcasting. Being a really sweet spot in the business space is when you're looking at it as a kind of more of a nurturing tool for your community than necessarily just, okay, I'm going to start a podcast so that I get more sales. I think sometimes that's that you're kind of missing the boat there.
1: Yeah. The uh, maturity of the space has transformed so much in a short time. And uh, the numbers I have are like, there's 2.5 million podcasts around there, 2.4, 2.5 Depending on who you research, um, but there's only about twenty thousand that are relevant, that are active, that are out there consistently, known as the one percenters. And we're lucky enough to be in this space today um, with um, like-minded people who are in that um, element. So, um, how does that impact your business and your opportunities? Knowing that the ones there, there's there's not as many, but um, Does that create more opportunity for you or is it a harder thing for you to go after in your
2: business? That's a really good question. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, There's a lot of people that are starting podcasts and wanting to start podcasts. But like you said, you know, 90% of them are probably not going to, they're not going to be publishing weekly um, or consistently after a couple months. And so... That's why we, from a business perspective, have focused more on, we'll do some coaching with new podcasters that are starting it on their own. But the reality is you kind of got to learn. It's, it's hard to get to that consistent place. And so we're working with people where you understand the longevity of it. If you're wanting to start a podcast for the next three months, I don't really think it's the right fit. But I think if you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, I see a podcast being a big part of the next couple of years of my business or of my life or of my personal brand, I think that's where a podcast is really, really great. So it's, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's great because everybody wants to start a podcast, but it's also hard because I think we probably lose some deals because we focus so much on the long-term where we'll tell our clients upfront, like if you're not, if you're not willing to commit to this for 12 to 24 months, then yes, we know we'll lose business, but it's like, I don't really recommend starting. And so I think you have to have that long-term mentality in order to really succeed in podcasting.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny to watch, um, all the thought leaders out there, politicians, people who are just household names, they're all grabbing a podcast. You know, I see Barack Obama has a podcast. Michelle Obama has a podcast. And I'm saying, how do these people have the time? Uh, I know when I first started, uh, I heard it from so many people. Michael O'Neill was on my podcast and he had shared with me, he said, um, had I known that this was this, this much work to do with podcast. I never would have started. Right. And I sort of felt the same way. But after you realize the value of it, um, and you're driven to really develop your own. You know, studio your own brand. Um, you can do anything you want. You can sell anything. You can uh, you can counsel. You can coach. You can do really anything with a podcast. So uh, it seems like such a valuable asset. Um, at some point, I know Seth, you must have realized this. And where was that in your journey where you you know felt like the power of it and what you could do with it and leverage it?
2: Yeah, I think it was when. I was running my own podcast, The Small Business Storytellers, and I started to see people that were listening, and they were beginning to assume that I was trustworthy and credible in areas of my life that were not related to the podcast. So they were seeing that, okay, you have a podcast and you're doing it really well. It sounds great. It looks great. You're putting time into it. And that credibility began to spread into other areas of my life. And that impacted my business. And that was when I, it was really, really interesting for me to see, okay, this is like, yes, I feel like I'm becoming a you know, a decent or a good podcaster, but also people were trusting me to do good work with the other services that we had just because they saw, well, if he does a podcast good, he's probably going to do this good. Um, and so that was, for me, that was when I began to really see, especially from a business perspective, or if you're an entrepreneur that it was really good for me to develop the discipline of podcasting that was healthy for my skill set, but also as other people saw that it began to spread and they begin to like, look and see, okay, you're doing that really well, which means I can probably trust you as a consultant. Um, and so that it's the credibility spread, which is valuable. So you, you
1: cover a lot of areas, consulting, so valuable, marketing, so valuable, um, the techie stuff you know, you can probably, that's probably not your favorite wheelhouse after talking to you because, uh, you have a lot more to offer. What is your favorite uh, piece of this to share with people to help them along?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And And I don't mind the tech, I think our perspective, and this kind of does tie into my answer is, um, we always tell our clients that like our definition of quality is doing the best you can with what you have. Right. And so for some people. That's going to be buying a $100 microphone and starting. For some people, it's going to be you know getting a little bit more expensive of a setup. For some people, it's going to be building a massive studio in their office. The thing that excites me is when people are willing to start, when they're willing to get the idea out of their head, even though the idea is probably only 80 or 90% there, because so many ideas stay in our head until it's perfect. So I get really excited when people are willing to say, I'm going to bring this out into the world, even though I'm nervous, even though I'll make mistakes. That's the exciting piece is when people actually start shipping those stories and getting those stories out there. That, that's the fun part for us.
1: So give me some tips. How do you evoke that emotion and find, you know, the genius that's inside of them? Like, what are some tactics that you use to help find this in this person? Because a lot of people walk around with this all the time. and go, I know I got something special. I know it's in there, and it's and it's like kind of bubbling, but we're a little bit all over the place sometimes, you know. So how do you get them on track?
2: Yeah, I think you touched on some of it there. Where it's it's got to be energizing for you. There's a lot of people that have started podcasts because it makes sense business wise, and those don't succeed. Yeah, if you're not enjoying your podcast, it's not going to it's not going to do very well. It's going to have a glass ceiling. And so I think that's something where we really make sure that. It's going to be valuable in adding value to you as the host. And it's going to be, make, you're going to be curious and you're going to enjoy it. And I think that you also have to have clarity on how it's going to help a specific audience, not just somebody out there. And so we see a lot of people that come to us that they're not ready to start a podcast. They think they are, but they're not because they're just sitting there with all their ideas. They don't know, they don't know how to kind of arm those ideas. And so I do think that you have to have a specific audience because it's two totally different things. If I'm showing up and I'm talking in this microphone and I'm excited about it, but I don't know where that's going, as opposed to I know that there's a person on the other side of this microphone who their problems are being helped by what I'm talking about or by the interview that I'm bringing in that adds value to it. So I think there's got to be clarity on the audience side you can't right. just be wanting to show up and ramble. And a lot of people think that's what a podcast is. It's like, well, I could, I could get a microphone and I could ramble for two hours. Right. It's like, I'm sorry. People aren't going to listen to you just because it's you. Like you still have to show up with value that's going to help them in a really specific
1: way. Yeah. You know, you bring up an interesting point is um, audiences and having your, your niche and The conventional wisdom, as I understand it, was you got to find that's a micro niche. You know, you don't want to talk about a bobby pen. You want to talk about one that's red and it's like one inch tall. But I heard this from Josh the other day. He said, don't be afraid to go wide and then come back, which is kind of what I did. It's like, well, you know, you got a little of this and a little of that and you're well versed in many different subjects. So go out and be wide for a while and then start to narrow down. Um, where do you stand on that? How do you counsel yeah. your people to, to find their right audience? Yeah, I think,
2: think there's a little bit of, I think there's, a, there's no perfect answer to it. Um, I think you have to earn the right to go broad. Okay. So I, I think, I like to think of it as who's the one person that your podcast is? Chances are, if you're making a podcast and you're imagining that, you know, it's for Sally and Sally's 32 and she's dealing with these five things, and that's who your podcast is for, there's a lot of Sally's out there and we would always be surprised. Um, The best podcast episodes that I find myself sharing with people, like with friends, it's when I'm in a conversation with a friend, they're talking about something and it's like, oh my gosh, you mentioning that specific thing brought this idea up. And then I share an episode. And so I think it's got to be specific. Otherwise people won't know who to share. Them. And I think over time, as your audience begins to trust you and like you more, then I think you can try out introducing some new topics, but I think it's really, really hard to start broad. Yeah. Um, the only caveat to that, that I would say is I think a very real part of the early days of podcasting is for the host finding your voice. If, Through your first thirty episodes, the only thing that's accomplished is you find your voice and you find your topic, then it's a success. Right. And then you can start speaking to an audience. So I think sometimes there's we we gotta be willing to change. You know, we gotta have a long term perspective, but also there's gonna be changes in there. Um and that's just part that's just part of how it goes.
1: What gives you the most joy behind the microphone? Is it is it a certain sector? Um, is it a certain genre of people, certain subject, like, what do you enjoy talking about the most, uh, when you're interviewing somebody?
2: Yeah. I re I really like the business side of things. Um, for me growing up in a faith-based home, starting ministry at a young age, I thought that you either chose to make money or you chose to make an impact. Right. So you either went business or went into, you know, nonprofit world or ministry. In my experience, I began to see that line has separated. And I, I really feel like business is one of the best tools to make an impact in our community. And I love seeing businesses that are doing things well and also seeing podcasts that are actually helping business owners to solve some of their problems so they can make a bigger impact with their business. I think part of that's because I'm in that journey right now. Right. And so that's interesting topics to me, but those are some of the things that I get really excited about is when behind the microphone, there's stories or messages that, you know, this is going to actually and practically help somebody to overcome a hurdle in their business that then is going to give them the ability to help a lot more people. And that's what, that's something that excites me a lot. Jay-Z said it best when he said, can't help anybody if I'm poor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, that's a, that's a good one. But, but
1: but it's a difficult, it, it, I know exactly what you're saying because, uh, there's this mindset, uh, perhaps, uh, among many people that, you know, you're not entitled to make a good living. You're not entitled to make a lot of money, um, given your certain talents and your certain craft because of a certain spiritual belief. And, um, you know, I probably suffered from that a little bit myself, but it's, it's so untrue and it's so healthy to see. That if you can help more people, then this is a beautiful way to do it. Yeah, if Would you, you can, you should. Um, yeah,
2: and, and I think we should also be looking to, to help them in as many ways as we can. And so that that's part of the reason why business is exciting to me is because um, it's not a it's not about the business. It's about like using you know business as a tool for good, a tool for helping people out. And what I've seen is podcasting is I think one of the best ways out there to be able to you know share information in a really transformative way. And that's why it's exciting when I'm excited. I'm not going anywhere with it. I feel like it's going to be a part of what I'm doing for a long, long time.
1: Yeah. I always say God sets the table. We just have to sit down and eat the meal. And it's evidenced by, you know, this event, this podcast, um, what we're doing here in Salt Lake City today. It's it's pretty obvious to me. So,
2: yeah. Seth, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. God bless you. Thanks.
1: Another great show. So glad you guys showed up today for Podcasting Your Global Career. Please check out all the links in the show notes. My coaching link is in there. Let's uncover your purpose and get a discovery session with me. No obligation. What have you been waiting for? I'm your host for Podcasting Your Global Career, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or
0: I'll see you from the stage. Take a ride with me Ride on, ride on We can untangle all the mystery If wishes were windows I'd open one and find That freedom is really A simple state of mind To take a ride with me Ride on, ride on We can untangle all the mystery Ride on, ride on Maybe, maybe you and I can find the key Ride on, ride on We can unlock each other's destiny I taste the breeze of freedom It's tingling on I'll take you places that you never dreamed I'll take you places that were pictures in your mind I'll take you places